A reincarnated young boy who must face his fears in order to gain courage and power and achieve the master fucking sword of truth. Then using this mighty weapon to fight and kill off evil and retake the land from the evil Ganondorf. Join us on today's episode of Kick Yo Ass Bad Guy Video Edition of Clap by Fire. You're listening to Clap by Fire. Hello and welcome. I'm Kai Maxwell, your host. Our co-hosts are Sean Eames and John Peterson. While you listen to today's episode, uh, we do have an Instagram page. If you have questions or want to look at pictures, get on Instagram, look up Clap by Fire, and you can see the pictures that we post weekly about our episodes. Check it out. What up, boys? What's going on? What's going on? Oh, it's Sunday, uh, daylight savings. I hate that shit. Uh, I love when we gain an hour, but I absolutely hate when we lose an hour. Right. Me too, man. So uh, I'll go first. I got a lot on my plate today. <coughs> Karen, that's for you. Uh, suck it. <coughs> Just kidding. I love you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to try to not clear my throat as least as possible today. So in the news... Sean, I didn't even get a chuckle from that. What's up? <laughs> it was delayed, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so what's um, the news? <laughs> there's just there's aliens everywhere. Like, are they invading the Earth? The mothership? Like, like th- th- there's Montana, Florida, um, Vegas. Just Oregon. constantly, everybody seeing UFOs. Are we being invaded? Is there truly a mothership in the galaxy? That is sending ships here to observe the human race. What do you guys think? <laughs> Man, I, you know, I 100% believe in aliens. Uh, do I think that this is an actual alien invasion of some sort? No, man, I really don't. I think this is a, a government's last-ditch effort to uh, look over here while we do something over there. You know what I mean? Because at the exact same time, the uh, January 6th videos have all been released, too, which... Uh, makes most liberals and dems look like liars but it was just yeah it is crazy dude if you want to go online and look that up you're more than welcome to they got people like ushering people into the building you know chauffeuring them around like there was no hostile takeover of jack shit but yeah i think elon musk himself actually posted a bunch of videos on that and yeah it's kind of weird just you see them open the doors and they're not even running through or anything. They're just walking yeah, through, like taking pictures on their like phone. Yeah. Some people are even like forced in. They're like, hey, come on, get in there. Like, what the freak? You know? Hostile so, takeover is uh, <clears throat> extreme. So. Yeah, for me, it's, it's I've always been a believer of the aliens. Hostile takeover, just like Sean said. Don't think it's happening. Um they pulled me into the mothership last night you know they didn't tell me about any any uh takeovers uh they're just like hey good job uh bend over we got a probe today and i was gonna uh, ask you was that before or after the anal probe <laughs> yeah it's, it's usually before uh they do a little sweet nice. talk afterwards um nice. you know it's not a problem <laughs> can someone not- explain what anal probing is for me 
uh, in the semi oh, over here. It, <laughs> since it since it happened to me last night, uh, I'm not sure what uh, they get out, but you know, uh, it's like uh, you know, you have some of those bosses that make you bend over and take it. You know, it's it's kind of like uh, it's the same thing that happens at work every day, dude. Like, yeah, you know. <laughs> it's, oh, oh, okay. Just, just say hello. <laughs> it's like you're not gonna like this, but uh, you know. Um, we'll go ahead and put uh, some shiny stuff on it, and uh, it'll go in nice and smooth. <laughs> and, and, and you know, another thing, just commenting on the alien things <laughs> with us shooting down them across the nation. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, is anybody this dumb? Like, we can actually shoot down an alien spacecraft. Like, these things have traveled. Like, if it's real, across the galaxy, they have ten times the technology that we fucking have, but we can shoot it down. Uh, I don't know. That seems real sus to me, dude. Sean, I'm going to take 15 seconds. I'm going to tell you my alien theory, okay? Do it. I I don't know. I'm an evidence guy. I like to see evidence. I like to see you know scientific information, professional experts' opinion, and uh, I don't necessarily believe in the e the the green dude with the big eyeballs in the head. But uh, you know, if you study some of the animals on this planet. Please tell me how an octopus and a jellyfish is not a fucking alien, dude. True story, man. Octopus, yeah. multiple hearts, multiple brains, cuts off its limbs, it fucking regrows, it goes in and outside of water. It's intelligent enough to have friends, to play with things, it can fight off sharks. That does not sound, uh, you know, of this planet to me. <laughs> yeah, for real, man. So, I don't know. Personal opinion. Yeah, whatever. Okay, we'll continue on. <laughs> you know, when I saw the story in the news, I personally cried for this kid myself. There's a 24-year-old that won $1.2 million Lamborghini Huracan. It's not Hurricane. It's Huracan, I believe. Yeah, yeah it's the Huracan, man. And uh, absolutely beautiful car. And less than a week and a half later, a cow ran on the road. He flew off the road and completely destroyed and totaled it. Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> like I said, imagine being uh, one in a million and uh, winning that beauty, oh. and then uh, that fucking cow in the middle of the goddamn road had to just destroy it in seconds. God. <laughs> oh, that sucks. I, I bet he eats so many hamburgers after that. Just like so many hamburgers. <laughs> I, I I can't even I, I just don't even know how you'd feel, dude. Like you had it all and then just gone. Like it's just yeah. that's just so horrible. Golly. Okay, Sean, this is for you. I also saw an article where some girls in a Colombian school played on a Ouija board. Uh, a couple hours later, they all passed out. Some of them were rushed to the hospital, uh, and that's pretty much all we have. What do you think of it, Mister Ouija board player? <laughs> I allegedly have never played with a Ouija board. Yeah. Dude, I've, I thought I thought you told me you said that you. Oh, you. Oh, <laughs> I've been around it. I've never played with one. But uh, yeah, interesting, man. I don't know. That's very interesting. I got nothing for you though. <laughs> hmm. Marcos guy seems a little rusty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and uh, last but not least, uh, I don't know if you guys know who Elizabeth Smart is. She was the girl that uh, in Utah was kidnapped for nine months. Apparently, she's working with a big uh, media company to help build an app to find missing people. Shout out to Elizabeth Smart. Thank you so much. 
shooting back to our uh, our Amber Alert episode. Um, that's just awesome. There's people out there still doing this type of shit. So uh, hats off to you. Thank you so much. Okay, guys. Awkward pause. Come on. Yeah. Get in the game. Okay, who wants a talking stick? Who's next? Uh, you know what, Kai? You actually took my alien thing from me. That was that was my big my big story right there, dude. Hey, we can still we can keep we can keep talking about aliens, dude. I freaking love aliens. Say <laughs> so me, uh, I went ahead and looked online. I was like, just weird things in Utah. And I found something that was actually down in uh, your hometown of Hurricane. Okay. There was a uh, there was a bull that had a cone shaped appendage. It was not ple- pleased to folks in Hurricane. So on top of the marquee of the restaurant, they have a big bull, and they had a big cone shape. <laughs> and uh, it was right across from the high school, so there was 500 people that sounded a pish, uh, um, petition to get it taken down. Some guy made some joke on it. He's like, it's not like everybody in high school doesn't know what that is, especially the 4-H pers- participants. So big... Uh, Oh, the big bull on top of I don't know how to say that. Uh, so, guys, so, you know about the El El Drove uh, something? Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll just shoot on this real fast. So this has been oh, an issue, <clears throat> and for all the people that make fun of how I pronounce words, it's a uh, hurricane, but in hurricane we pronounce it hurricane. So uh, it's not spelled yeah. that way. But like I said, I grew up in a little hick town, so don't judge how I pronounce words. So in hurricane. Right across the street from the high school, uh, okay, rewind back just a little teeny bit. To get to Zion National Park, you have to take exit 16 or either to the Tokerville exit. You either have to drive through Tokerville or Hurricane to go to Zion National Park, okay? So if you've ever been to Zion National Park, there's most likely you drove through the hometown that I grew up in. So, Hurricane, there is a lot of hotels, there's a lot of businesses that advertise to these people that are driving to go visit the beautiful Zion. It's not, it's Zion, it's not Zion, so get your freaking pronunciations correct, guys. But uh, if you want to go see the beautiful Zion, you have to go through these towns, so there's a lot of businesses in there, and there's a business that, 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 that they built it right across from the high school, okay? It's like a Brazilian grill, um, you know, just like a lot of barbecue, barbecue chicken, a lot, a lot of good. I've eaten there a couple times. Uh, a little pricey, but it's it's more of on the fancy side. Right on top of this guy's building, so something else that's really really popular down in southern Utah is metalwork. People like to create uh, like those wind fans that are like made out of metal. That because uh, it's always it's at the mouth of uh, Zion, so the wind's always blowing. Hurricane got its name because some dude was driving his carriage through and the wind blew his carriage over and he got out and his hat fell off his head and he's like, oh, it's like a hurricane here. Okay, that's how Hurricane got its name. A little history for you. But uh, so it's always windy down there, but they have a lot of metal work and a lot of the metal work does like the fan stuff. But this guy, he took this this art that is very popular in southern Utah. He put it on top of his building. It is a massive bull cow. And the issue is this cow, he put this schlong on this thing that is so big that it's literally touching the feet of, like, this cow. And so a lot of the locals there are kind of like, uh, um, 
First off, you know we grow, we have cattle here, and I've never seen a, uh, a, a <laughs> I've never seen a bull's slong that big before. <laughs> and second, why do you have to be putting that up right across the street from the high school? There's been a lot of lawsuits, uh, people trying to sue each other, and this guy he pretty much came out and said that I can do whatever I want. It's freedom of speech. Second, I don't even use the town of Hurricane for my business. My business is the people that are traveling through Zion. So there's been, this has been going on for years, but he won't take the massive cow dick down, okay? But uh, yeah, it's always in the news. This happens all the time. There's always a, always a constant lawsuit. It, like I said, I'm, I'm 27. This has been going on ever since I was like 16 years old. There's these constant people complain, complain, complain. Oh, freedom of speech. I can do what the fuck I want. This is America. And, uh, hey, I don't like seeing the massive uh, bull dick every day. And I don't care what you say. It's not, I'm, I, you know what I mean? So that, that's pretty much the gist of it. <laughs> so if you're ever going down to Hurricane, make sure you drive to the high school, look directly across the street, and just uh, before you go up to Zion and see how beautiful the canyon is, admire the massive bullshlong, okay? <laughs> and like I said, it's so big, it's literally touching the ground. And I, like I said, growing up in Hicktown, never seen one that massive before. This is freaking uh, David and Goliath shit we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, man. <laughs> I just saw that story and thought it was uh, it would be fun to bring up. <laughs> i've heard it so many times but yeah it's still just ongoing issues the you know people are just constantly complaining so is that all you got for us john you got something else uh, that's all i got okay well uh you boys ready to hop in the clap mobile get her did hop in boys it's gonna be a good one Okay, before we start today's episode, you guys got to tell me your favorite gaming system and your favorite video game. I I don't know. Right now, I currently play Xbox a lot. Um, prior to Xbox, man, I, uh, and I'm talking like the second gen, like uh, I was a huge PlayStation fan. Uh, shoot, dude. I love Call of Duty. I think that's probably one of my favorite games. Uh, but uh, the new Valhalla is also freaking amazing beautiful graphics freaking awesome art it's great what about you mr john favorite i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with the uh original nintendo and mario dude nothing beats the original man nothing beats the original even though the graphics are what they are yeah simplicity of the uh controller still you got to go back to you know favorite love your first love so today's episode i was actually going to specifically choose one game and after doing the research uh, i decided and absolutely this is some of the best research i've done like it was just so just sucked me in was really really good really enjoyed doing it uh, i've actually changed it this is going to be about the fucking goat himself shigeru miyamoto i hopefully Hope that I pronounced that correctly. Um, so here we go. We're hopping right in. Shigeru Miyamoto was born November 6th, 1952. 
He grew up in Shinobi, Japan, a beautiful green landscape area, a lot of forest area. And supposedly where he lived, there was little caves to explore. And uh, that's what he did as a kid. Um, his dad was a school teacher. He taught English. So growing up, he uh, was, was bilingual. He was able to learn Japanese, his native language, but also learn uh the American language, and at a young age, constantly was out playing in the woods. What kid is not out playing in the woods? And the thing is, when he was out playing in the woods, so this guy is just fucking smart, super intelligent. As a kid, he would like stand up on like a dead tree that had fallen over, and he'd look at the other tree, and then he'd be like, okay, can I throw a stick down to help me jump over to the next pot? Um, how can I maneuver over and make it like super cool? Like do like a front flip and then a back flip. Nah, just kidding. Little kid here. Okay. But you know, just playing out in the woods, like trying to come up with these puzzles and stuff. And, um, apparently he'd get a lantern too, uh, a little candle in there and he'd go explore these little caves that were around, uh, the property that he lived in. So super courageous, uh, typical kid, uh, just growing up in the beautiful countryside. Uh, Shigeru, uh, he grew up in a humble, humble family. Um, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. And as a young kid, he became a big anime fan. And, uh, if you know me, I'm a massive big anime fan. Uh, all my One Piece, uh, homies out there, uh, shout out to you. Uh, Naruto sucks. So if you're a Naruto fan, skip this episode. I don't even give a shit. But, uh, One Piece fans, uh, this is for you guys, okay? <laughs> So, he became a big manga fan, began reading, began drawing. <clears throat> and uh, as, he be- as he, you know, grew up and became older, started going to school, got extremely good grades, was a very intelligent guy. Miyamoto graduated from uh, Kanawazawawa, multiple, uh, an addition, an addition, an digital art degree. Um, in game design, became a professional manga artist. So this guy's super talented, you know, he can draw super well, super creative. He's able to come up with, uh, a lot of stuff. His father, uh, being an English teacher actually knew some people that, that worked at Nintendo and was able to get his son a gig to get a job in Nintendo. This is 1970s. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, uh, 1970s, Nintendo was a very small business, uh, was typically known for just selling playing cards, uh, board games, to- games and toys. Nothing too fancy. Very small business that uh, was eventually going to become one of the dopest fucking businesses of all goddamn time. So, the cool thing about this guy is this guy was here pretty much from the beginning. He's seen all the growth. Okay? So, this is the OG. He's the GOAT. But he's also the OG because he was, he's was he been here pretty much since the beginning. So I don't know if you guys have ever been to like the the, da- the Dragon's Keep in Provo or, or like the mall. There's, there's these these card stores where you can go in. You can buy like Pokemon cards, um, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic the Gatherings. Pretty much what Nintendo was back in the 70s. Just a little place you can go play board games. Uh, you know, nerd out, yada, yada, yada. Wasn't wasn't really super popular at that time. And there's still like these type of stores um, today that if you, you know, you look, you can find them. Like the, uh, there's also another one in the mall. Can't remember the name of it, but you can go and play like D&D with all your homies and, you know, get like big mugs of like root beer and shit. Like, 
oi, oi, you know? Hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so Nintendo is super small. Nothing, nothing, you know, a lot really going on. And uh, also in the 70s, this is when the arcade era started up. Arcade games started becoming super popular. And uh, before we continue, um, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. This is probably the best place in today's episode to play this. So, word from our sponsors. Did you enjoy the Clap by Fire intro? Do you want to play some of the best apps and mics out there but are broke as a joke just like me? Check out MidnightAudioImpulses.com where you can purchase impulse response in digital speakers. This allows you to still shred that expensive amp for a fraction of the price. Plug in your guitar to your computer and bam, you sound just like your favorite bands. Instead of forking out cash for expensive cabinets, it's a plug and play. Clap by Fire Podcast has an exclusive offer for you at checkout. If you use code CLAPPED in all caps, you can get 25% off your purchase. Again, at checkout, use code CLAPPED in all caps for 25% off your purchases. Again, go check out MidnightAudioImpulses.com. Do you love telling stories and want your voice to be heard? Check out Anchor.com. Anchor is a free program with built-in features that allows you to record and edit on the go. This allows you to get your content out there fast and easy and stress-free. Did I forget to mention it's 100% for free? Anchor's website, being super user-friendly, allows you to create an account in less than five minutes. Start creating today 100% for free. Check out anchor.com. Okay, and now we are back. So, yes, we are back. And uh, are, are you guys getting excited? Like, we are just about ready to jump into this, some of the most epic, amazing shit of all time. So <laughs> excited. So, Nintendo is a very, very small company, and uh, we got to remember that uh, this guy, he's an art dude. So, kind of like how Elon Musk, uh, he didn't necessarily, you know, invent the, the Tesla. He pretty much hired engineers, and they all came together. Uh... So pretty much, th- this is the art guy. He's the guy that comes up with the idea, and then and then the uh, the game designer comes in, and he's the guy that adds in like all the movement and stuff. And he's pretty much that dude that's like, oh yeah, and do this, and and add that, and and, and do this, and I I designed this hat, put it put it on him, okay? So that's what pretty much what he does. So the arcade era became super popular in the seventies. Uh, a lot of people that are this freaking old, I apologize, but you you know you know back in the day, you go play the arcade games, you'd eat your pizza, have just a jolly old time. Uh, John and Sean, is that is that your era still? Do you guys remember doing that when you were younger? So I was an 80s kid, man, but yeah, dude. They had the uh, nickel arcades on the corner, and uh, you'd go there with all your friends after you save up all your cash all week long and uh, just spend hours inside that thing, dude. Um, yeah, it was one of my favorite childhood memories doing that with some of my buddies. So. Yeah, I didn't have many where I grew up, but we did spend a little time driving to a couple towns over. Uh, hitting some of the arcades for a weekend. So at this time, so Nintendo is just a little little shop, and uh, they they hire on some uh, <clears throat> some uh, engineers to start you know building these engines and start developing games. So they start uh, start building these games, and the very first game they came out with was called Sheriff and Radar Scope. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of those. Uh, I'm sure they're probably ancient, but you have to think of like Tetris and like these super old games. 
Um, they didn't have the technology to like make characters move. It was pretty much just like on a flat surface, and your character would pretty much just move like left, right, up, and down. Very, very, very simple. So Sheriff and Radar Scope, uh, they invent they invent both these games. They put them out, and uh, they're doing all right in Japan. Not you know doing anything super crazy, and uh, they try to send these games to America. And uh, get them on the, the retro market in America, and America's just like, uh, no. So, okay, so they're just they're just in Japan, and uh, Nintendo starts financially hurting super bad right now, um, to the point where it almost goes out of business. But what does Nintendo do? Nintendo puts their head down, and they fucking grind, because they are the goats. So Nintendo puts their heads down, and they start working their magic. And uh, Shigeru, he, he comes up with this idea. So King Kong, the movie just came out, you know, this big ape that, you know, this girl, you know, s- waving his hands at, like, the planes and shit. I'm sure you've seen it. Um, it's been redone, like, five times. So the show comes out, and Shigeru's just like, hey, let's, uh, l- let's make a video game that involves this angry monkey, and uh, let's do, like a, like, a damsel in distress and, like, a little carpenter guy. And the little carpenter guys is going to save the princess from the, the this mad, angry ape. And uh, Popeye was super popular in Japan at this time. And so they're like, hey, let's take this popular show. And uh, Nintendo tried to buy Popeye, and they weren't able to purchase it. So they ended up, uh, they named the ape uh, Bluto, and they tried to make it like Popeye-themed, tried, tried, pretty much tried to copy Popeye. And then they're like, no, nah, this isn't working, this isn't working. So, Shikiro, the fucking badass that he is, you know, this guy starts brainstorming, using his creative mind to keep trying to develop this game. And there was issues where in this game, they made this big angry gorilla that would, you know, slap its hands, but they were having issues with the coding where they couldn't get the gorilla to... Um, to move on the these platforms that it had created. They were they're having some really bad coding issues. The technology wasn't there. This was shit that, you know, they were just pretty much just trying to make and develop and invent. So they couldn't make this uh they couldn't make this gorilla move up, you know, around on the screen. So they came up this, with this idea to put slanted platforms. And with slanted platforms, they decided to add these little ladders to give it simple up and down movement to make the the coding not so complex on this game. <clears throat> you have to understand, back in the day, uh, they were using like floppy disks and uh, and shit like that. So you know, just putting this coding and this technology on here, and then to make it work was it was really you know something that was like impossible. No one had ever even heard of it. So they keep working on this game. They keep working on this game. Nintendo's hurting. They're thinking about going out of business. And uh, they they came up with this idea where this monkey was going to pick up these barrels and he was going to throw them. And the coding was going to be a lot more simpler because the the, the barrel was just going to roll right on top of the the slanted platforms. And it was going to go down. And this little carpenter guy was going to use these obstacles to climb up to the top and save the Danzel in distress. So they keep working with this idea, they keep working with this idea, and they, they know that they can't name the ape or the gorilla this name. So they keep working on it, keep working on it. 
And uh, they test it out. They pretty much got the game all down. And uh, the company comes together and they vote. And the name that they came up with was Donkey Fucking Kong. (laughs) (laughs) They released this game in Japan and it was a major success. Everybody loved playing the little carpenter guy, saving the princess, climbing up the slanted ladders, going up the ladders, jumping over the jumping over the barrel. This game was so popular that they created one, two, and three. So big. I remember and, playing that one growing up, man. It was, it was actually a really good game. Yeah, I remember that one. So with this game becoming so popular, Nintendo starting to get money, and with money, they were able to hire uh, better engineers. Um, and, and, and be able to invest more money into these game developments. <clears throat> In 1982, Donkey Kong won the Best Single Player Game Award of the Year. Fuck yeah, I love that game. And uh, so, so like I was saying, Nintendo's getting all this extra extra money, and so Shigeru, instead of celebrating... What does this guy do? He puts his head fucking down and he grinds because he's the fucking goat, dude. Shigeru is the mastermind of so many, so much shit that we're about to jump into. So he, he puts his head down and he starts, he starts grinding again. We release this game. I can't party. I got to get back to work. <clears throat> so Shigeru, he starts working on this little carpenter guy. He's like, how can we make him better? How can we make him better? They keep working with him, and he comes up with this idea to give this dude like a big mustache and to give him a hat that has his initial on the top of it. And they keep developing this guy, keep developing this guy. And uh, like I said, the coding back in the day, with these better engineers, they're able to hire on. They're able to come up with more advanced ways to make these characters move around the screen. So they keep developing this guy, they keep developing this guy. And like I said, Shigeru is like the mastermind. He's the dude that comes up with the idea. The engineers have to execute it. And he's the dude that's like, yes, no, yes, no. I, I, I drew up this design. needs to look like this. needs to look like this. He wanted Mario to be handsome. He wanted Mario to be muscular. He wanted him to be this, this badass dude that could jump around, yada, yada, yada. And this is the birth of fucking Mario, dude. Yeah, Mario. And I've been hearing, oh, dude. Uh, people apparently pronounce Mario different around the world. Some people say <laughs> Mar Mario, Mario, and you know, in America, Mario. You know. <laughs> so you know, it keeps developing this guy. They come up with this guy, this character, Mario, right? And then uh, Shigeru is pretty much just messing around, and he's just like, uh, dude. Let's 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 take this damsel in distress from Donkey Kong, and uh, let's keep developing her, keep developing her. Uh, let's make her a princess. Boom, Peach is born. Okay, and then Shakira or Shakira, he's not not quite satisfied. He keeps fiddling around with the idea. Um, late nights, staying up, drawing, working countless hours, and comes up with the idea for Luigi. <laughs> That was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, u- using the same idea of, of Donkey Kong and now creating Mario, they released the very first Mario Bros. game. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. And uh, 
So this game's also a major hit. It becomes super popular in Japan. Everybody's playing this freaking Donkey Kong and this Mario, this Mario game. And uh, so, so the the arcade era starts really booming in Japan. Every, like I said, everyone's making these game or playing these games. Nintendo is starting to make quite a bit of freaking money, and with this money. Nintendo is not greedy, so they just start putting it into uh, right, investing it right back into, right, right back into uh, the business. And what do they do? They keep hiring more and advanced, more qualified uh, engineers. And uh, Shakira, they keep or Shakira. I, I'm I'm so sorry. His name is like brutal pr- pronounced because it's not like native to me. So if I ever say this guy or that guy or Sh- or Shakira or Shigiro. That's who I'm talking about, okay? He's he's the goat. This guy is the goat. <coughs> so they start making all these games, and then they release the first NSE, which stands for Nintendo Entertainment System. John, that's what you were talking about, correct? You betcha. Hell yeah. So releasing the NSE and Super Mario bro- Brothers and Donkey Kong really helped this industry start booming. Massive growth, um, very became very, 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 very popular. Started creating like action figures, selling a lot of stuff. Company starts creating a lot of revenue. Um, and so something else that was really cool about Nintendo is, is all these people were seeing these games come out, and they were seeing that these movements that they had never seen before in games. They were seeing that. Uh, so there's this. Uh, there's a couple ways of gaming. There's like the. Uh, it's called sideline or sideline, and it's pretty much like the Mario game where you can only go right and left, right and left. And uh, the gaming industry starts changing where it's almost like third person, where you're like standing behind the person, or kind of like in Call of Duty where you're standing and you can see the hands in front of them. So they start seeing all these games come out that are just totally changing the gaming industry. So Shakiro, you know, or Shigiro, not Sekiro, that's a game. I'm so sorry. Shigiro, he starts putting his hand down and he keeps grinding and he keeps using his creative mind. And he starts coming up with this idea where he wants to create a game where you can't just play the game. There's objects involved in the game that require you to do puzzles. And by doing puzzles, you have to... Uh, allows you to save the damsel in distress. So there's like the hero who has to save the damsel in distress from the evil guy. This guy starts working on The Legend of Zelda. Okay? And he tells people that a lot of the inspiration he got from the game was stuff that he did in his childhood. Going out, playing in the woods, exploring these caves and these dungeons, and then uh, using these puzzles to get around to stuff. So he starts he starts working on this game, The Legend of Zelda. Also, at this time in Nintendo, Nintendo started doing stuff that a lot of other businesses were not doing yet. They started adding color to the games. A lot of the games back in the 70s were just black. You were literally just this black little character. Now in these games, you were able to see uh, primary colors, which made the games a lot more fun. Playing games that are just black, like they're fun and all, but adding a lot of these colors had never been seen. So continually making Nintendo extremely popular. So he's putting his head down, he's grinding, and he wanted to make Zelda a lot like Mario. Mario, every single game is Mario is, you know, trying to save the damsel in distress, Princess Peach, from the evil Bowser. 
And Zelda, Zelda's the same way. Zelda, there's the guy trying to save the damsel in distress from the evil Ganon dwarf. Very, very similar games. They both involve puzzles. Both games are are so much fun. And uh, so they wanted to make them, you know, one game was super popular, so they want to make the same game just as popular. So they took took a lot of stuff from Zelda and Mario and kind of combined them together to give you, you know, pretty much the exact same game, but completely different stories, can different different puzzles, yada, yada, yada. <coughs> So, like I said, he's working on Zelda. He wants to make these games really complex. And in February 21st of 1986, uh, he releases the very first uh, Legend of Zelda game. Legend of Zelda, Mario's, and Donkey Kong in Japan are just destroying the market. They're making so much money for Nintendo. Nintendo just keeps investing this money. Literally the very next year, they came out with Zelda 2. And then in 1991, they came out with Zelda Link to the Past. And the thing that's pretty interesting about Mario and Link... So Mario, however many games there are, there's probably like 50 of them. Every single game, you're saving Peach. And every single game, you're doing the exact same thing. But it's so, so much fun. So much fun doing it. Right, guys? You agree? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I got a little story about playing Zelda the first time didn't know about the difficulties of the um, puzzles and stuff. One of the first little missions, you went to this little cave with the door drops, or it wasn't a cave, a big grip thing. And I was like screaming at the TV. I was like, how, do I, how, how the hell do I get out of here? This is such bull crap. Ah, I hate this game. How do I, you know, and then realized later, oh, I got to do something here. All right, all right. So I'm going to grab this stick, uh, by the flame and i'm gonna light another stick hey the door opened all right this game's cool (laughs) for about for about 20 30 minutes i really hated that game man that was a everybody in my age group like way back in the day you saw that golden cartridge come out for the nes and you knew exactly what game it was you didn't have to look at the sticker on it It it's like yeah that's zelda like we're playing that all day today so (laughs) <laughs> so so mario has donkey kong super mario brothers zelda zelda coming out with multiple games every single game they keep making it more advanced and start making the puzzles a lot more fun um and these these games are, <clears throat> are just breaking records they're literally just flying out of the ballpark america sees the success that nintendo's having in japan and they're like they're like hell yeah bring it over to america Starts becoming more of like a global company, and uh, Shigeru, instead of celebrating, what does the goat do? He puts his head down and he grinds. He starts working on games like Ice Climber, Kid Icarus? Icarus. Icarus. Thank you so much. (laughs) And uh, Mario Bros. 2. So like I said, this is the guy that does like all the art. He comes up with the ideas, the game. And then he's negotiating with the game developers, the the engineers, software engineers, are able to design the game. So he's played a major part in 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 just so so much of these games that just were legendary. In nineteen ninety six, the best year that was ever in existence. It was the year that I was born, but it was also the year that the Nintendo sixty four came out. 
Oh, yeah. That's my second favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and by releasing the Nintendo 64, completely changed the game. Like I said, uh, these old games, they had this, this style of play where you literally just walked back and forth. These new Nintendo games were like third person, two person. The, the camera angles were so different. Mario 64 came out where you're able to like 180 flip the camera. That was never seen before. Nintendo bringing this to the game totally, can, like I, I could just imagine other game developers to, to just see see this happen, and they're just like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> so they came out the Nintendo sixty four, also that same year, or or in, in between nineteen ninety and nineteen ninety eight, they also released uh, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, and Nintendo becomes super smart. They start uh, creating multiple games using the same engine to save to save them money. Every time creating a new engine for a game would cost them a lot of money. So they create uh, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, and on that same engine, they create Majora's Mask. And then also in like today, if you're up to date on the Zelda games, they create Breath of the Wild, and then they are creating these other um, like Skyward. They're they're redoing these games, Skyward Sword. They're using the same engines, but they're just changing up the gameplay to save money. It's super smart, and the games are still super freaking addictive. These games have been coming out ever since the 80s. It's the exact same shit. The guy saves the damsel in distress, kills the bad guy. That's it. That's the, the And they keep creating these games over and over and over, and they are just so flipping popular, making Nintendo millions and millions of dollars every single game release that they freaking do. If you know anything about Link, Link is uh, <clears throat> he, he's a he's a reincarnation. So every single game of Link that you play is him being reincarnated into a different dimension, a different era, a different time, and that's literally what he does. Every single game, he has to go find and become worthy to find the Master Sword. Finds the Master Sword, goes saves the princess, defeats Ganon. They live happily ever after. They end up dying, and then what happens is there's a curse where he gets reincarnated, and then the game starts over. And like I said, this game they've come out with like 60 different Zelda games, and they're all super popular. But it's the exact same shit. But it's still so freaking popular. Every Mario game, the exact same thing. Mario. He's this guy. He's in love with his princess. Oh, Mario. And, uh, and then Bowser comes in, destroys everything. Oh, no. Takes Princess Peach. The whole game. You, you're Mario. You go save the princess. You defeat Bowser. Boom. That's the game. You know what? Next year, they're going to come out with another one. You're going to buy it, and you're going to love it just as much as the last one. Even though you did the exact same thing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <clears throat> So, uh, Shigeru is the freaking goat, dude. And like I said, this guy does not, he does not stop working. He keeps just, his creative mind is just so fabulous. He, they're releasing all these super popular games. He gets right back to work. They later release in the same era, uh, Mario Kart 64 and the very first Mario Party. Come on, have you guys played those games? I've spent hundreds yeah. of hours playing those games. <laughs> The, oh, I've Mario, got Mario Kart's a staple in my household, man. Like, it's on like almost twenty four seven. So, yeah. They growing up once uh, Mario Kart came out, I played that a lot. We actually had a tournament back in high school, 
we had like 50 of us, you know, um, on it. And I guess it was the high school champion, uh, Mario Kart 64. <laughs> Go ahead. Guess, guess, guess who won? Guess was, who won. Was, was it you? <laughs> I, came, I, I, I came second. <laughs> Honest question. Okay. Were you one of those people that acted within, uh, that you were, uh, you didn't cheat in the game, right? Because there's like so many people now doing like speed runs and finding these old uh, Easter eggs and like the coding and stuff. Were you the guy that like you honestly you honestly were the winner, or did you do that like took all the little shortcuts and stuff? Oh no! So I knew all the shortcuts, and then when I was playing by myself, I could use them sometimes, but we weren't allowed to do it in that one. Um, yeah, just stick to the track, couldn't jump it. <laughs> um, but yeah. I know, I know, like but the old I, school uh, Rainbow Road on uh, Mario Kart 64 that you could uh, you could run and you could hit like the front right bumper and it'd give you like a little jump and you'd jump off the edge and fly over and land on the track again and then keep going again. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah well, I uh, came second in that one. I was there was one person better than me. Who? It's devastating. I think uh, I think his name was Jeremy. Do you still have an internal hate for Jeremy, or do you forgive him? Oh, man. If I ever saw him on the streets right now, I'd probably knock him out. <laughs> uh, it, it runs deep. It's I was crushed. <laughs> the cart was my game. <laughs> so, uh, no, I actually, I was talking about this. It's awesome. Oh, for sure, for sure. So recently in uh, one of the past episodes, I was talking about how I just finished uh, one of the games, Ready, or, or I was reading a book, Ready Player One. The movie's actually horse crap, but uh, if you like old retro games and you like uh, like a challenge and stuff, one of the best freaking books out there, Ready Player One. I, I like the movie, man. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> Dude, if you read the book and then watched the movie, you'd cry. They destroyed it. No Did not shit. follow the book at all. And, and the book, I like the book because the book, like, it, it's just so much better, dude. So, so much better. So if you read the book, shout out to you. If you're that person that just watches the movie, um, yeah, this is awkward. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, the way it is with so many movies nowadays, though. Like, the books are usually better from what everybody says. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in the 2000s, 2011 um nintendo just keeps grinding they keep putting out all this amazing stuff so in 2000 2011 they released the gamecube the wii and uh the nintendo ds so these little you no longer had to plug it into the wall you can now take this portable um gaming system with you you could play on the bus you could play on your break at school uh you know I I'm I'm definitely one of those people, dude. I was I was playing the Game Boy Advance uh, on the bus rides. I was I was playing the uh, uh what is that the Lord of the Rings the the Hobbit, dude. That's the game I was playing on freaking my Game Boy Advance on the bus rides home was was the <laughs> Hobbit. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, so I, I grew up and they had these like little tiny retro handheld games, dude, where it was just like this little tiny pixelated character on like a semi-colored back screen and we're talking like this is way before game boy you know uh, those were like the first little handhelds they had two buttons on them one to make you move one to make you jump and that was it and we thought that was amazing so when the game boy dropped that was just mind-blowing dude like everybody had to have one it was the talk of the town you know what i'm saying 
And uh, then the the Game Gear right afterwards, coming out with the color thing, that was that was freaking sweet too. So. so that's the thing with Nintendo; they're always ahead of the game. They had all these amazing engineers and uh, Shigeru that were uh, they were ahead of the game. They kept releasing stuff that people had never seen before. Do you guys remember when the Wii came out where you would point this remote at the freaking screen and a little hand would pop up and you're just like, oh, what? like what? What? What, the hell? what the hell? It can like, it can, it can, it can measure my hand. I can now play like virtual golf now and I, I can go bowling in the comfort of my own home. I don't even have to go to the bowling alley anymore. I just play at home. I'll get a higher score playing on the Wii than I will at, will at the freaking, I'll, I'll even save money doing it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Nintendo, they kept them the head of the game because they kept coming out this stuff that just no one else was doing at the time. There is a legendary photo of Shigeru at E3. I guess E3 is where they come and they, they announce like the new gaming systems. In uh, 2006, holding up the original Wii Remote. I know us now, that's probably a little bit old school. But back in the day, that was the shit. Shigeru is the GOAT, the freaking GOAT, dude. This guy is a master, mastermind, and has contributed so much to Nintendo. So the company's making a lot of money. They're continuing to grow, coming out with all these awesome games. Um, I forgot to mention this, but Shigeru is also one of the guys that uh, big developers in uh, Star Fox. You guys ever play that game? Star Fox, man. Yeah, big. Star Fox. Star Fox is shit. Big designer in that. Um... <clears throat> so they just keep coming out with these new games. They keep coming out with Zelda games. They came out with Zelda Twilight Princess. Uh, one of the biggest. He's one of the biggest designers on Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, just keep coming out w- with more and more stuff. And everything they keep coming out with, people have not seen this shit before. It's new stuff. And that's why I think the market ate it up so well. It's because uh, video games are highly addictive. They're so much fun. And Nintendo just keeps, they just keep smacking the home runs one after another. And like I was saying in the beginning, this guy was there in the beginning. This guy, I guarantee you, if he went and, and joined the, the manga idea of being an artist for manga, I guarantee you he would have been super successful. And he was extremely successful in developing video games. Like, it's just insane how talented this guy is. In 2011, um, Nintendo comes out with the Wii U. So now you have this Wii, and now you have a Wii that you can carry in your hands and take it on the school bus with you. And uh, they also come out with the Switch. The Switch is probably the one that we're all you know most familiar with. Um, Switch is also extremely cool. And also, one of my most favorite games of all time is Super Smash Bros. I love how they, they made these games, but they, they brought all these characters together. And so, like in Super Smash Bros., you know, you can play Mario, you play... The, the, the little carpenter guy, you can play Mario. Mario. You can play him beating up Donkey Kong. You can play Link be, beating up Donkey Kong. You can, like, there's just, you know, I love how they combined them all together and made them all part of this one universe. And it's just it's just so cool. So much fun. Freaking love those games. Hell yeah. <clears throat> Let's see. The um, Smash Bros. was like a staple in our house, you know, with the uh, the cube kids used to play that all the time oh yeah you know the parents would sit down and play it with them uh, you know it was definitely cool to see all the nintendo characters over the years and the crap out of each other 
So I don't I don't know if this translation is correct. So so in 2015, Shigeru pretty much becomes one of the the role members of the head of Nintendo, and he gets uh, he gets awarded this position, which is called Creative Fellow. Like I said, I don't know if that translation's correct. Uh, we have someone here to see uh, Creative Fellow. Um, yeah, he's on floor eight, office room five. <laughs> Like I said, I don't know. He's like he's like one of the head people of Nintendo now, and his role is called Creative Fellow. He's the dude that freaking came up with these designs, worked with the designers to develop these freaking legendary freaking games. <clears throat> um, hang on, I just lost my spot real fast. So, um, so in Universal Studios, they started making uh you know, Nintendo World. And uh, Shigeru is actually one of the main designers in um, Universal Studios Japan and also in Universal Studios America. So he, he designs all these games. He's designing these places that millions of people will go and visit. Um, he also starts working on Pokemon games. Um, Shigeru, um, some of the biggest games that he helped design a lot of was uh, Pokemon Blue, Pokemon Red, um, could just, just he, this guy did no sleep. He just works all day, all day, just designing all these freaking just legendary games. So he's a game design. He's a game designer. He becomes a game producer and a game director. So the new Mario movie that's going to be coming out in April, I believe that we have like Jack Black and, and, uh, What's the guy from the Guardians of the Galaxy? Can't think of his name. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Shigeru is actually going to be one of the main producers. Uh, he's one of the main producers for that movie, which is just extremely awesome. Hell yeah. That, that show looks so wow. good, too. My kids are way pumped to go check that out. <clears throat> Get so, that. I'm excited to go see it. Hell yeah. The, 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 the trailers for it are absolutely hilarious. I love the penguins, like, throwing all the marshmallows. Or not the marshmallows, the... The oh, snowballs. Snowballs. And it looks like this epic battle, and then they look over, and they're just like, <laughs> So Shigeru, he's the GOAT. He starts winning award after award after award. And in the AIAS Hall of Fame, I'm not really sure what that is. I'm assuming it's like in the gaming area. Um, he's won three different awards that have officially put him on the Hall of Fame forever. That's awesome. And uh, so something funny real fast, too. Did you know that the president of Nintendo America is named Doug Bowser? <laughs> Not even fucking joking, dude. So there, there's two There's two of them. There, there's a guy in Japan and uh, the, the dude in America, Doug Bowser. And it's funny because this guy, supposedly, if you look at all the information about him, there is no, he, he did not change his name for his role. Um his name was just Bowser, and he just so happened to start working in uh, Nintendo. So, freaking <laughs> awesome. So Shigeru is the okay. he's, he's the, the designer. He's the guy that comes up with all the ideas. He works with the engineers, but he is not the business guy. They hire other guys to be the business dude. So the business dude is Doug Bowser. Look him up. He's bald. He's pretty good looking dude. <laughs> what, what were you saying, John? Well, I was just thinking like uh, maybe it was done. And between the Bowser guy and someone else, the job, that name put him up over the top. They're looking. Like, uh, so, so Nintendo, they, they've gone through a couple of different presidents. 
<laughs> in charge had, of it. Uh, so, so they've had some of them had to step down for like health reasons and stuff like that. And then uh, they're they're looking at the resume or the the applications to be be the new president. And they're like, okay, so and so, so and so. Doug Bow. Okay, this guy's got the job. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they'll sing a lot. Like maybe there was one guy that had better credentials. He was better suited for the job, better numbers. But it's like Bowser, <laughs> this guy's got the job. <laughs> I would have done that. I would have chose Bowser. Okay, so back back to the story. So uh, he's a game designer. He becomes a game producer. He's a game director. Uh, he he is just the the go of Nintendo. Um, I don't think Nintendo would be as successful as they are today if they didn't have this guy. This guy helped create major games, Donkey Kong, Super Mario, Legend of Zelda. They're still coming out with games today. I know that there's a new um, Legend of Zelda game that's coming out. They're constantly coming out with new games, constantly coming out with new Mario games. And they keep coming out with a bunch of new games too. And this guy, like I said, this guy does not sleep. He's constantly coming up with new ideas. He's an absolute mastermind of creativity. And... Um, so Nintendo, its current net worth as of right now, right now is fifty one point one two billion dollars. Good lord! Now you have to understand, this guy, like I said, he he's the he's the goat, but he's the OG. He came to Nintendo when they were nothing, and here we are now, and they're worth fifty one point one two billion dollars. Now, I'm not trying to brag on the Mormon church, but uh, they have about six times the amount of this money. So <clears throat> it's really not that much. But <clears throat> okay, back back to Nintendo. Back to Nintendo. Okay. So their net worth is $51.12 billion. They make a lot of freaking money. The Shigeru guy, App Shigeru, absolutely amazing. He's the GOAT. He's the legend. He helped create uh, the era of video games of what they are today. Shigeru Miyamoto has been clapped. Quick question for you, Kai. How old is uh, Shigeru right now? He is... I don't know. Let me Google it real fast. Sorry, man. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good, dude. He's he's an old guy. He's got gray hair. He's in his 70s. He's in his 70s. Wow. So probably won't have too much of his uh, genius for too much longer, unfortunately. He's a really, really funny guy, too. I actually watched some interviews with him, and he's just... You just cannot laugh and not listen to this guy. He's he's just you can just tell he's just one of those dudes that would be an absolute uh, pleasure to work around. Like I said, he's current. He, he's alive still. He he's the director, one of the main directors for the Mar uh, the Mario Brothers movie that's coming out here in April, and the guy just keeps slamming it out of the park. Just uh, so you have to understand, he, he you know he didn't. Like I said, it's a lot. Like, it's a lot like Elon Musk. Elon Musk hires a bunch of people. This dude's a creative guy. He creates it, and he had to work with the designers. So you can't give him all the credit, but you have to give him the inspiration, the the art side of of a lot of these video games, coming up with the ideas and stuff. Like I said, Mario was a carpenter, and. Uh, this dude came up with the idea to make him a plumber, go down the green pipes. And then the designers were like, okay, we've got to make up this jump move and, and, and yada, yada, yada. So like I said, Nintendo just had an incredible team that came together and really just freaking smashed out of the park. Today, they're still doing super well. And uh, I plan someday to go to uh, Super Mario World. Um, that seems freaking awesome. But other than that, yeah, freaking goat, dude. That's awesome, man. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. 
So uh, thanks everyone for hopping in. Um, I'm gonna go play. Uh, I'm gonna go play some Mario. So uh, see you guys later. <laughs> Hell yeah, me too. Later. Peace. Okay, we'll see you. Peace. <laughs> Peace.